0: This is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. This is Carriker and Smallman. Talking everything St. Louis blues as we head into the blues booth. Brought to you by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Great floors for every home with locations in Crestwood, Manchester, Overland, and St. Peter's. And online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carrick, we head to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. The voice of the Blues on ballet sports is John Kelly. And last night, he witnessed the Blues getting outshot 20-5 to five in the first period and then turning things around and coming away with a 4-3 overtime win over the Florida Panthers. Good morning, Mr. Kelly. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Randy. How are you guys today?
0: Everything's good. I was really worried last night after the first period, though. I, Billy Huso was the only reason the Blues weren't behind 4 or 5 nothing, wasn't he?
1: Uh, yeah, he was the only reason, quite honestly, and it was a remarkable comeback, but, you know, the first period they came out, in Randy, I think we all knew that the Blues going into the game were playing a man short. They had only 10 forwards in the lineup and some key players out. Randy, it was almost like they were feeling sorry for themselves in the first period, um, and they didn't play well at all, and you know, Bruy talked in the morning about managing the puck well and not, you know, turning it over against a Florida team that really likes to pass the puck quickly and move up and, and jump on to the rush. And, you know, they had 51 shots on Saturday against the blues. And what did the blues do in the first period? Well, they didn't manage the puck. Well, they took three penalties. They fed the the momentum of the Panthers and they woke up after the first. I'm sure that the coach said something, um, a strongly worded um, uh-huh. message to that team after the first period, um, because they were great after that. And they, and they played the right way. So all in all, it was a remarkable, come from behind victory. Um, Again, the Blues were shorthanded and, you know, 10 forwards. And then late in the game, they lose Husso and Walman on the same play. (laughs) It, It really was one of the more bizarre games that I've ever done as a St. Louis Blues announcer. John, you were talking about what what Chief may have said to kind of wake the team up in the second period. I know that he was talking with Vladimir Tarasenko on the bench right before the start of the second period. And it seems like that awoke something within Vladdy because you know when the going gets tough, your leaders are going to step up or the best players on your team should step up. We expected that out of Ryan O'Reilly. But I thought Vladimir Tarasenko really answered the call last night, especially in the second and third periods yeah he did michelle and and he needs to and and you know players that aren't performing up to their level you know it, it's a, it's a short bench to start with so when you have uh a guy like tarasenko that i i believe had no attempts even in the first period had no attempts in in saturday's game in florida that's just not good enough i mean he's getting power play time he's playing with top players every night and you know he has had overall he's played pretty well but of late I believe his goal route was 10 games going into last night and not to say that he didn't play well in any of those 10 games, but at least the last couple of games, he he seemed to be playing more on the outside again. And that seems to be a bad habit that he tends to slip into is to play too far on the outside and not drive the net, not use his speed. Um, but I thought in the last two periods, he did that. But more importantly, I think the team played with a lot more urgency, a lot more intensity and their passing and puck management was a lot better. But, you know, Tarasenko obviously picked it up after the first period, as you said.
0: John, what have you learned about Bushnevich that you didn't know before the Blues got him?
1: I think that he's probably a better overall, you know, smart hockey player. You know, I, I thought he was, you know, a, a big guy, and he is a big guy that, that has good speed and. You know, is good in the corners and things like that. And, you know, obviously he was a 20-goal scorer last year. But, Randy, he's probably a better passer than a shooter. And he probably should shoot more because he does have a good shot. But I think that he's, he's overall, he's a really intelligent hockey player. And I love to see that. Uh, you know, they use him on the PK. He, he's out there in the last minute when they have a lead. He, he's good in his own zone. You know, a good checker. But also can score goals. So, I, I think that overall I've been impressed with his – his hockey savvy, so to speak.
0: Yeah. I, I look at him and I I'm with you on the, the hockey, what hockey IQ for back of, lack of a better term, but he doesn't seem to have a, a real weakness. He really seems like a guy that has every tool necessary to be a really, really good player.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. And as I said, he kills penalties. He plays in the power play. Um, as I said, a very good passer. So, Yeah, it was a great trade that that Doug Armstrong made with the Rangers, Sammy Blay, and a a draft choice for for a guy that's going to play in your top six for a lot of years. So, yeah, he's been very impressive, and, you know, I I like what he's shown so far, and he he has that instant chemistry with Barbashev and and Tarasenko. So it will be interesting to see down the road if he, he plays a lot with those two guys or, you know, they mix and match on different lines because of all the injuries, as we know. He's played everywhere, as, as every player has played on different units. But he, he's he been a really impressive player so far. Another guy, John, that you mentioned who's been impressive for the Blues, especially lately, is Ivan Barbashev. He's been really hot for the team. And he might not be the first name of players that we list off when we're talking about guys that make an impact for the Blues, but he does a lot of things really well for this team. I think that if you took a poll of of scouts who watch games, and every night at, at the Blues game in the press box, there probably are – between five and 10 NHL scouts and guys that really watch the game and fans who really watch the game. I think he would be considered one of the most underrated players, not only in the blues, but in the entire NHL, he he really is. He's a, he's like a Swiss army knife. He can do it all. It it seems whatever line he goes on plays better. He he drives the engine. You know, he's a lot like, you know, Jaden Schwartz, when Schwartz was, was playing so well with the blues, wherever he went, um, that line was really good. And, and you know, not that Barbashev is the same type of player as Schwartz. Schwartz, he's more of a shooter and a and a four-chucker. But Barbashev, he's so physical and scoring goals again. I thought he had scored that goal last night, but saw it tipped it in. But he's having a tremendous year. I think his career high is 14 goals, and he's certainly on pace to eclipse that.
0: And, John, along those lines, the Swiss Army Knife, the guy that can do it all, I have a tendency just to have expectations and almost take for granted what Ryan O'Reilly does. And I said to Alex Ferrario last night beforehand, I said, O'Reilly, because of the situation, might play 22 and a half minutes. He wound up playing 22-18, does everything. And as Blues fans, we can't take him for granted because he's one of the more remarkable players in the history of the franchise and that he literally, r- literally can do anything for you.
1: Yeah, and it, it's not because he just has loads of natural talent, Randy. I mean, he, he obviously does have talent, and he's a smart hockey player, but he might be the hardest-working Blues player that I've seen in a long time. And I say that because of what I observe. And when I go to practice, he's the first guy on the ice, and he's the last guy off the ice. And he's always working with the other players on skills and things like that. So it's not a fluke that Ryan O'Reilly, a former second-round draft tracer at Colorado, has turned himself into such a good hockey player. It's by hard work. You know, his father is a skills coach and really a mental coach. I I believe he is still with the San Jose Sharks, so a lot of it is is from his dad and and some of the habits he's come up with and some of the practice things he does, so it's just a lot of hard work, and I don't know where the blues would be right now without Ryan O'Reilly. And obviously that was maybe the greatest trade in blues history because he has been fabulous.
0: I agree. Hey, one final thing for John Kelly, who joins us in the blues booth on one Oh one ESPN team sitting alone in second place in the division. Now with all of the issues that they've had, whether it be injury or illness, and you can kind of see some light at the end of the tunnel after this month, as we head into the new year, Getting past these Florida teams was huge. How do you feel about this team right now, looking ahead to 2022?
1: Well, you're right. It was a tough stretch, Randy. They got five points out of eight against two of the very best teams in the NHL, Tampa Bay and Florida. So they're sitting in in pretty good shape right now. But the bottom line is they still have all these players out, and now Ville Huso gets hurt last night. So now you're down to your third goalie. And Charlie Lindgren or Joel Hofer, if they call him up, I would assume they're going to have to call up Hofer. And then you lose Walman. So I, I think they're still in in a pickle here, for lack of a better phrase. I mean, it, it's it's dire right now, Randy, with with eight players injured. That's just a big number. So even though they're playing teams that aren't quite as good as Florida and Tampa Bay, I think that's obvious. Um, Detroit, though, is a good young team. They beat the Blues the night before Thanksgiving and they have a really good rookie in Lucas Raymond. That'll be a tough test. Montreal's coming in and obviously they've really struggled this year. And then Anaheim, maybe the surprise team out West, um, they beat the blues four to one. So, and then you got to go to Dallas next week. So mm-hmm. even though you might have one break this week with Montreal, but we saw Arizona come in here and beat the blues. There are no easy games, but rainy the bottom line, big picture, the blues just have to sort of tread water right now. And they somehow have to find a way to get points. And, and obviously, big picture, just get in the playoffs. And that's not a given because there are, you, you look at the standings, there are tons of teams around the St. Louis Blues. You know, you're, you're a five-game losing streak away from being out of the playoffs right now. So they have to tread water until they get the reinforcements back and, and hopefully go on a run and, and get some, you know, padding between themselves and those bottom teams. John Kelly,
0: always great to have you with us. Thanks for the time. And we will be tuned in tomorrow night as the Blues take on the Red Wings.
1: Okay, Randy, thank you. Thanks, Michelle.